radio and podcast on Steelers.com. Well, if you follow football out there, you know that winners and losers aren't just something designated for the regular season. There's winners and losers for the offseason as well. And since free agency is fully underway in the NFL for about two weeks now, I think it's time to start assigning some winners and some losers hmm. around the league. And I think when you start with the winners, you got to start in New England with the Patriots. Absolutely. Because I mean, they came out of the gate stronger than anybody else as far as uh, free agency was concerned. They signed the two biggest tight ends on the market in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. So that's going to be a stress for opposing defenses to have to deal with both of those tight ends in a Josh McDaniels offense. Uh, They go out and they get Trent Brown from the Raiders as a trade move. They really have invested a ton of money into this team this offseason and that's just something that you know you go out and get nelson Aguilar too they recently just re-signed james white uh david andrews the center comes back on a four-year deal they they've given out money everywhere they bring back kyle van noy to play linebacker they go out and they get matt judon i mean you could honestly look uh, looking at this roster right now, they signed a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, two tight ends, an offensive tackle, two centers, a defensive end, two defensive tackles, two additional defensive linemen, three linebackers, a corner, a safety, and another defensive back. And, oh, by the way, they re-signed Nick Folk as a kicker. Guys, they signed an entire NFL roster. Yeah. Yeah. The Patriots re-signed or went out and signed an entire NFL roster. You want to talk about a complete overhaul, a complete makeover? Of a team that, by the way, went seven and nine last year with a couple key opt outs, mm-hmm. Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung, who they're going to be getting back this year. And Newton getting COVID in the middle of the and year. And Newton too. getting COVID and not really playing his best year as he tried to bounce back from his couple of injury riddled seasons at the end in Carolina. I mean, seven and nine within a completely overhauled roster with a lot more talent infused into that roster. I mean, the New England Patriots, you know, you want, you, it's fun to say, yo, you win free agency, you lose regular season, but. They're going to be a competitive team this year. Absolutely. I think they are pushing the Dolphins for the second-best team in that division right now. It could happen, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think they're a competitive football team. There's no quite. I mean, you, you laid out everybody that they brought in. Um, I think you're kind of crazy if you think that this team won't be competitive next year. Um, I, I will say this, though. Um, they had all the cap space, and they used it. I mean, right. an I, entire I, roster. I mean, you can't fault them for not using the, the cap space that they have because they've absolutely gone out and done it. Um, I will make this point. In, um, I still don't know if Cam Newton will be the starter. It's kind of funny. Before we started, I was watching Get Up today, and that was a conversation on ESPN. Is Cam Newton 100% the starter in New England? And it didn't seem like it, that was the feeling um, you know, around the, the, the Patriots and – I mean, I don't. There's still some rumors in the air that they might pick a quarterback in this draft. That and there's still uh, apparently they said don't forget and don't let the Jimmy G trade die because it still could happen. Belichick loves Jimmy G. Um, Not saying that that is going to be the 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 case, but uh, I mean, we made the point last um, you know the last time we talked about the Patriots and free agency. Like, if Cam Newton is just average, if, if he is just uh, average or above average, this team is competitive and they probably have a winning record. Hell, they might be in the playoffs. I think maybe they probably will be in the playoffs if he's competitive and above average. 
Um, but who knows what they'll be if they bring in, you know, a guy like Jimmy G or, or a quarterback in the draft. Maybe they're better than that. It's very possible. Well, a domino that has to fall there, too, first is the Niners have to get a better quarterback. Right. Sure, they're sure. they're going to roll with Jimmy G if it's Jimmy G or CJ yeah. Bethard. You know what I mean? Do you think there's a chance Nick of Mullins that now? Or whoever the backup is in San Francisco. Do you think days. there's a chance now of San Francisco getting a better quarterback? They pick early be? in the draft, so I think that they could take one of these – top four quarterbacks in the draft and then maybe that's the guy that you have be your starter but do you want him to be the guy right away would you yeah, like a jimmy right. g on the roster to to pair with the rookie instead of it being like a nick mullins on the roster to pair with the rookie another question too would you rather if you're the patriots have jimmy g or have cam newton i think i'd rather have cam newton i i'm not really high on jimmy garoppolo i think he's more of but a belichick's guy though i think he's more of a system kind of quarterback and i guess that that kind of plays into the you'd rather that's have the him best on the system you want to be in is it though because shanahan guy. is a freak of nature when it comes to those quarterback systems and right you but, saw I mean, how great jimmy g was in that system when they went to the super bowl and again jimmy g you know now i'm talking myself into jimmy g being better than Cam. Sounds like he was are. injured a lot last year yeah. it's not exactly like he you know, came out, played every game, and got right. benched. It, I mean, the it was injuries that kept the them out. The 49ers overall had the worst luck of any team. Injuries and COVID-related, they just never got a, a good look. And they missed the boat on a Carson Wentz yep. yeah. sweepstakes. They missed the boat on a lesser sweepstakes in Mitchell Trubisky. So a, a lot of the quarterback dominoes that have fallen around the league, the Niners missed out on them. I mean, so, I, would, I would rather have Jimmy G and Cam Newton over Mitch, no doubt. But then if you're the Niners at this point, if you don't get one of these rookies in the draft, or even if you do, You're you might be better ups. off with yeah. just Jimmy G anyway yeah. this year and trying to run back that Super Bowl year. And maybe behind closed doors, and a reason why they didn't make a more aggressive move towards a Carson Wentz is because they said what I'm kind of getting at on my own on the fly right now by talking through it. You know, we had a lot of stuff last year that we had to deal with with yeah. COVID and Jimmy G's injuries on top of that. Maybe we just look at last year and say, hey, the fact that we were able to go like seven and nine with all of that. You know, we still have a pretty good team here. Let's bring it all back. Hopefully we stay healthy next year and our quarterback right. one can stay upright for 16 games, 15 games at the bare minimum, and we'll make another run at the playoffs. The problem is, of course, they play in the toughest division in football in my yeah. mind, so that's never going to make things any easier. And, oh, by the way, they probably have the worst quarterback in that division. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it's safe. either Jimmy G or Kyler Murray, and I'd lean towards Kyler Murray at this right, point. Right, I would too. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know what's but yeah, going to happen. The Patriots bringing him back in. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, it's nice for the Patriots, and I'm sure that Bill Belichick wants to do that. But I, I think that they're gonna if one of these top four fall to them at 15 in the draft, Belichick pulls the trigger there. I don't think they'd reach on a Mac Jones, and if that doesn't happen, Belichick will pick. A lineman, a receiver, someone else, a playmaker in the draft, and they'll roll forward one more year with Cam Newton. And I think they're equipped to do it either way. Like if Cam's your guy, well, you have you brought in a bunch of guys offensively to help him, um, and if you think he can play at all, well, then there you go. Um, but I think the same case could be made for you know Jimmy G or the rookie if they do decide to do that. Is that yeah? We have all this help now on offense, and you know you can make the excuse for Newton last year that he didn't have a lot to throw to. He didn't have a lot of options, which he didn't. To be fair to him, no. um, you know. So I guess the thought process is well, if we bring in you know all these guys and we give them enough help, um, we should be better than last year. And like you said, Tom, they were seven and nine last year. Um, the Patriots were with all the stuff going on, um, you know, uh, with Cam getting COVID in the middle of the year and opt outs and everything else. They should be pretty darn competitive next year.
Yeah, anyone that discounted the Patriots and saying, oh, well, it was obvious that Brady was a more valuable piece between the tandem of him and Belichick because Brady won the Super Bowl and Belichick couldn't get there, wasn't paying attention to everything the Patriots had to deal with. I think we find that out now this year. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. If they stay healthy, I think now it's the roster's in place where you can say, okay, Belichick, maybe not win a Super Bowl, but definitely get to the playoffs. At I least. think they could. I mean, I, it's it's going to be— I a, have them as probably the six or seven seed right now in it, my mind. It's going to be a crowded AFC playoff field. I mean, bad news for the Steelers that they got better. Yeah, just another team. No, I mean, I don't think the Steelers are making the playoffs. And this was even before the Patriots got all these guys on their roster. I didn't. I didn't have the. I didn't have the Steelers in the postseason this year. You might not have had the Patriots either, but now you do. But now, now with the Patriots making all of their moves and the Steelers making the moves that you don't want the you don't want the team to make. There's no question right now that it seems that the Steelers are trending down. The Patriots are trending up. Another big winner in free agency, I'd say, that is bad news for the Steelers is the Cleveland Browns. Now, I don't know if they were a contender in 2020 for the Super Bowl, excuse me, but they definitely improved uh, on 2019. They made the playoffs and they won a playoff game. So the Browns are on the right track. They go out and they get a star safety in John Johnson. Absolute Uh game Mm -hmm. changer. Uh, They get Troy Hill to upgrade the corner spot opposite of Denzel Ward. And Malik Jackson is going to add some depth at the defensive tackle position. Uh, To Karis McKinley, not a game changer really anymore, but he's going to help the replacement of Olivier Vernon. Uh, And then you got Malcolm Smith and Anthony Walker to improve a shaky linebacker course. So, you look at the Browns, they're the opposite of what the Steelers are doing. Yeah. Every single hole that they really needed, they've gone out and they've addressed, and they've done more so at some of the holes, like the safety position, getting oh, John yeah. Johnson. That's a massive upgrade for them, and that's somebody that they've been missing on that defensive side of the ball is that safety game changer. Well, now they have him. They upgraded their cornerback, too, with Troy Hill, opposite of Denzel Ward, who is a legit cornerback one. And then it's just depth at tackle, depth at defensive end, depth at linebackers. The Browns' biggest problem last year was that defense. It wasn't even a problem, but that was just the thing that you looked at and said, what's not championship quality about this team? The offense is fine. Even though Baker's got his limitations with Nick Chubb and that Stefanski scheme, that offense is good enough to make a run in the playoffs. The defense could be a little bit better with some more playmakers on it. Bam, they Boom. did it. And, uh, oh, by the way, they're talking to Jadeveon Clowney right now, um, well, by that, the way. Now, that would just be that would be icing the on the slam cake. dunk. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would. I, if they got Clowney, I'm flirting with AFC North champion Cleveland Browns. Over we already Ravens were. At that point. Yeah, we but already it, were. It might be like a done deal at that mm-hmm. point in my mind. Yeah. And it's not just because he's a game changer, but it's added depth. You add him with Garrett, though. Yeah. And it's just because Clowney's biggest thing is he's not as good of a pass rusher as people want him to be. Well, he doesn't need to be as good when you got Garrett on the other exactly. side. Right. Um, and you look at the Browns. I mean, you said it, Tom. They've gotten better um, pretty much in every way, shape, and form. I mean, they haven't really improved the offense much, but I don't think there's a whole lot to be improved when you run that scheme and when you're a run-first offense. And I think that's something that Stefanski has really brought in with the Browns um, is the idea that we're not going to throw the ball 35 times, 40 times a game. We're going to rely on the running game. When you have one of the best one-two punches in the league, that's what you do. Um, but, yeah, I think the Browns, I mean, when you know free agency is all said and done, I think they might have a, a top-10 defense right now. I, I really believe that. 
I mean, you know, I know last year they had their limitations and they had Andrews and Dejo playing safety, um, and that was because of, of Delpit being out. But now, man, you look at that safety Delpit tandem. And Johnson, Delpit man. and Johnson, that could be one of the best safety tandems Troy in football. Troy Hill and Denzel Ward. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. probably one of the best secondaries overall yeah, right now. absolutely. At least on paper. Right. And, and again, I mean, they're, they're, they're equipped, and like you said, Every need that the, that the Browns had and every uh, hole that you can make about their lineup, all of a sudden it isn't a hole. All of a sudden it got addressed really quick. The dynamic is changing. Absolutely. Steelers-Browns dynamic. I'm not saying the Steelers are about to be in the tank like the Browns have been for 20, 20 the entire years, history yeah. of the Browns pretty right. much. But it's just funny how you know we're sitting here talking about the Steelers saying, what are they doing in free agency? These moves are so head-scratching. Then we get to the Browns, and they're like, Browns are on the way up, and mm-hmm. what a bunch of great moves they've pulled off so far in free agency. It's just opposite. Right. The Steelers won the division. They went 12-4. and four, But the Browns made the wild card, and the Patriots were right there in the hunt at 7-9 er, last year. These are teams who were fringe playoff teams. I guess the Browns weren't, weren't really a fringe, but they were a wild card team. But they were a wild card team nonetheless, and the Patriots and the were. Seed, I mean. Right. The Patriots were a fringe playoff team. Uh, who didn't ultimately make it, but they're making strides to improve from their record last year, from their performance last year. And the Steelers just seem to be very content with what they had last year, and they said, well, we're going to try our our damnedest, and we're going to try our best, but this is what we're left with, and that's not the winning mentality that you should have, that the Steelers have had in the past, and it's just totally the opposite. The final big winner that I at least have, and you guys can throw in some if you uh, have other options, but Patriots-Browns, and then on the NFC side of thing, the Washington football yep. team is a big-time winner in free agency. Uh, really just with three big signings. They go out and they get Ryan Fitzpatrick to play quarterback, so they bring someone who's not Taylor Henneke in to <laughs> be the starter next year for that team. They get some juice at the wide receiver position by – Bringing in Curtis Samuel, that's going to be a nice uh, number two to Terry McLaurin right. in Washington. Could free up some space for Terry McLaurin, Yeah, absolutely. Too. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they upgraded their secondary by getting William Jackson yeah, third, someone that Steeler fans are familiar with from his time in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He is now on the Washington football team, physical press man coverage guy, which will let Washington play more cover one, which is what Ron Rivera loves to do. And Ron Rivera is a really good defensive football coach. Uh had great defenses in Carolina when he was making those runs and getting to a Super Bowl with them. And that defensive front in Washington, my oh God, if you can play cover one with that kind of defensive front and you can free up linebackers to blitz on top of the pressure that that front's going to get with yeah. Sweat and uh, Chase Young and others, whoo, that defense is going to be one of the best, one of the toughest to play in 2021. And you bring in Fitzpatrick on that offensive side of things, and if he can step in and not be the starter, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but be like Ryan Fitzpatrick was when he was on the Jets and went eleven and five, they got a shot to really push the Cowboys as far yes, as I'm concerned do. in that division. Yeah, and I think I think one of the most I don't know if it's underrated because and I'm not talking about eight and eight getting in anymore. I'm oh, talking no. about ten and six yeah. maybe and getting in. Um, and when I was going to say underrated, I think some people are saying that the, the Fitzpatrick move isn't that big of a deal and he's not that good. Um, but like you said, it's it's better than any option that they have. It's better than Taylor Henneke. It makes that offense a heck of a lot better um, to have a guy like Fitzpatrick there. I do think that Washington's had a really, really good offseason. Um, no question about that. They've made their defense better. They've made the offense better. Um, and quickly, just to, to throw another one in there, I'm not saying that this team has like won free agency or anything, but I, I do believe 
um, that this team has made some important strides or at least one important stride um, to help their, their team, and that's the Ravens. I think they might have one of the most underrated moves in free agency by bringing in uh, Kevin Zeitler mm. because we've talked about it so many times. What do the Ravens do so well? They run the football, and getting a guy like Zeitler, it's a huge upgrade on the interior run or on the interior of the line um, to make the run better. And again, the the Ravens are run heavy. How do you get good at the running game? Well, you bring in good offensive linemen, and Zeitler is one. Um, you know, I know the Ravens aren't like a perennial favorite to win free agency, but I do think that move by the Ravens is 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 huge. Um, to make them, I mean, they're a playoff team last year, so it's a great right. move. I just wish they would have gotten one of these receivers that's been on the market. Yeah, maybe I hear they that. still will, but the big ones have all gone. Fuller's gone, uh, Galladay's gone, Juju's, Juju's gone. gone. All, yeah. all the big names are gone now at that position. And Kurt, f- Curtis Samuel's gone. Yeah, I feel like if they would have went out and gotten one of the wide receivers, all of a sudden they might have. They might be. They one might of the be teams the winner. That they might be the slam dunk winner. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know if I'm with you guys on that. The wide receiver bringing them in just to elevate them one step higher because I don't necessarily trust Lamar Jackson because he has Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews is an elite tight end at this point. But in what's his a tight career. end gonna do like Mark Andrews as far as taking coverages away from other people and I like it's, it's I Mark mean, Travis, Andrews, Travis but Kelsey it's not, can. I was just yeah. gonna say it's not Travis Kelsey. That's right. So okay, so I just don't know with. Lamar's throwing ability, how much a wide receiver helps. But I do agree that the the Ravens, again, just like the Browns and just like the Patriots, who are a wild-card team, a fringe playoff team, are making the strides to get better than they were last year. Now, as far as the head-scratching moves, the worst moves, the losers of the free agency period, I think you can absolutely throw the Steelers into that category, and we'll get to them in, in a second. But the Raiders signing Kenyon Drake and, on top of that, really gutting a lot of their offensive line in the process. I mean, they literally signed Trent Brown to a contract Mm -hmm. just a year ago, and then they shipped him off to New England for like a fifth-round pick. So they gutted their offensive line. They signed Kenyon Drake to a two-year deal with $11 million in guarantees. Now... I get how a lot of people are kind of sitting back and being like, well, what the hell are they doing? They already have one of the best running backs in football. This is a two running back league, though. If you can get Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, and by all accounts, by the way, those two are very friendly with each other. Mm -hmm. So it's not like Kenyon Drake getting some touches is going to really rub Jacobs the wrong way. They're both friends off the field. But, you know, you need two running backs. Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs immediately launches up yeah. there as one of the best tandems that you have in the NFL. We all know the best one is Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt in But Cleveland. it was an unnecessary move. It was an unnecessary move when you had to sacrifice the offensive line right. talent in order to make the money work to get Kenyon Drake. It's all great to have a Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake if they're running behind a solid a offensive, line, offensive line. But you right. sacrifice the offensive line to get the two-headed monster at running back. They're yeah. not going to have any room to run. No. Right, and I, I do think that the the Raiders. I think they've had the most <clears throat> the most head scratching um, free agency so far. The most John confusing. Gruden stinks. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. He stinks. Yeah, like, he was great in Tampa Bay. Had a good run in Oakland before that. Vegas made a huge mistake bringing him in for that ten year mega deal right. where he had some stake in ownership. I mean, you put your eggs into the baskets of a guy who has the ego of a Bill Belichick. He ain't Bill Belichick. He's got right. one Super Bowl ring. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. And again, I think— and he didn't even win that Super Bowl ring with your team, by yeah. the way. I just think that when you look at him, um, you know, you could say what you want about a coach. I think he's a decent coach, but 
him having you know ownership and, and, and controlling stake in the team. Him and Mayock. Yeah, that's that's one thing. Uh, that's a completely different thing than him being a coach because I do think he's a decent enough coach. Um, you know, I mean, you could say that some of their moves have been good, like you know signing Yannick Ngakwe was good, but at the same time, like you illustrated, you blow up the offensive line and you do get Ken Drake, who is explosive and, and is good, but at the same time, you have one of the best backs in the league. Um, but at the same time, again, if you can make it work, it does end up working out. But man, when you blow up that offensive line the way that you have, how do you expect those guys, you know, to, to be as good as you know you're hoping? And you're right about him being a good coach. You have to remember he won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson as a starting quarterback right. in Tampa Bay. Right. The difference is that Tampa Bay defense was was one of the best. Warren right. Sapp got was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. And you know you had Brooks in the linebacker, right. Derek Brooks. They had Rondé Barber. Yeah, you had all the pieces. A great defense. He gets to Oakland at the time when he got there, and, and he trades away. Khalil Mack. Not even trades. Gives away. Gives away Cleo Mack. Like, how do you not sit there and recognize like, hey, when I won this in the past, it was through a dominant mm-hmm. defense. I have my building block in Khalil Mack. Let's build around him. And, you know, yeah, Derek Carr is great, whatever. We can let Derek Carr walk if we want to and go with a rookie, a quarterback, or, or a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of quarterback. And, you know, we'll have a run-heavy offense. But he seems to be going all in on the offensive side of the ball in his latest run at coaching in Vegas. And I think what really built him, obviously he's a great offensive mind, but what really built him as far as his status as and a legacy as a head coach was those great defenses in Tampa that helped him win that Super Bowl. So it's just bizarre to me that there's just seems to be no attention given to the Raiders' right. defense right now. When you have a quarterback in Derek Carr who, in my mind, is better than Brad Johnson was. Oh, so yeah. you're playing with a lot more fire on that offensive side of the ball. This offseason should have been keep the offense together. You know, Don't dismantle any parts of that line. Let's go draft heavy on the defense, and let's go free agent heavy on the defense. So really bizarre moves in Vegas, but... The Steelers also have to be thrown in there as far as losers of free agency are concerned. And well, I was going to say, Tom, to that point you made about the Raiders, yeah. how you know take care, leave the offense as is because it's great, and take care of the defense. You can say the same thing, but about in the, the inverse, the defense is leave great. The defense leave the defense as is, and build up that offense. And again, you weren't going to exactly be able to leave the defense as is, right. but. With all we've seen about them clearing cap space and voidable years on contracts to make cap hits go down. You can seriously convince me that the only person they had to lose was Bud Dupree on that defense. Absolutely. And everybody else. No Hilton, question about Sutton, it. Sutton, Alu-Alu, Vince Williams. Joe Hayden, all of them. They all, Nelson, they all remain and stay the same. And now all you have to do is, hey, a rookie Alex Highsmith, who we're pretty high on, mm-hmm. has to step up and replace Bud Dupree. That's a lot more, you know, exciting for a fan to go into that season. Now and you lose you... five regulars that you have to replace. You lo- You let them go. You really don't have many or a great plan on replacing most mm-hmm. of them. I mean, Spillane's the plan to replace Vince Williams. Chris Wormley, as it stands right now, is the plan to replace Alu Alu. Yeah. Cam Sutton, Justin Lane, Jason Pierre, combination of all three, is going to have to replace Steve Nelson. I mean, that's not good backup options no. as far as the Steelers are concerned. And then you look at the offensive side of things, and they bring back the slot wide receiver. So they yeah. only have four wide receivers, and they keep a strength of strength at that wide receiver room. But I'm not no, so sure that losing Juju would have made that strength a weakness because I still think it would have been a very formidable receiving room. Uh, there's still talks about them going and getting Big Al Villanueva with some of this yeah. cap space that they have available. So, Jacob, you're right. 
they should keep the defense the same. And, and oh, really, but they didn't. But they didn't. And, and the moves that they're going to make on the offense are Juju's back, but maybe Big Al's back. It's going to be B.J. Finney could fall into that category as someone who's a familiar face that they bring back to play on that line. It's just more of the same. And oh, by the way, James Conner still hasn't been signed yet. Yeah. Do not be surprised if with some of this new $14 million in cap space, James Conner doesn't get another one-year deal like Juju did. Right, and and I think that's kind of imminent at this point. Um, the writing's kind of on the wall there. Um, and look, I mean, I, I understand that, that, you know, Conner has been here for you know a handful of years now, and his story is unbelievable and, and, and everything. But if we're going to be completely honest, I think Conner's maybe a top 20 back in this league. Maybe, maybe. I yeah, mean, I don't if, know. if that's a, that's about as good as you're going to get. Exactly. Um, and you know, um, I mean, I'm I'm okay with you know with running 2020 back and everything, but at the same time, if you know one of those backs are sitting there, um, you know, how do you not take one? Um, if you're the Steelers, I, I just look at it and I, I worry that if if they sign Connor, that the running back position is just going to be forgotten about in the draft. And they're not going to address it until later, um, you know, in in the draft, like they've done with, with Benny Snell and like they've done with McFarland. That may be the most crushing thing. We've talked about losing Tyson, losing Nelson being the biggest blows. But if they do re-sign Connor to the effect of not getting a Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, or Najee Harris in the draft, that would be, in my opinion, the the biggest blow. Well, I think that they would sign Connor and then draft one of those guys as well. I would hope, and then that would make the running back room at least. Stronger in my eyes, where oh, Connor yeah. is probably a pretty decent backup in the NFL. But right, but I just meant to Callen's point. If they do sign Connor, that's in their opinion taking care of the running, the running back, back room. room is set. We got Connor, right. we got Snell, we got um, McFarland. McFarland. We're we're all set at that position. You know, Big Ben didn't have the greatest confidence in James Connor last year or Benny Snell. I think that was clear by as the season went on, his refusal to really run the ball at all in that right. offense. So. You want to give a bell cow, you want to give Ben a guy that he's going to want to tan the ball off to 20 to 25 times a game. And you bring back Connor and Snell, it's probably just going to end up being more of the same. That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. On the next episode, we switch our attention to the draft. We're going to be doing some mock drafting as we take control of the Pittsburgh Steelers and make all nine picks for them in the 2021 NFL draft. We'll take a look at what they need. And if we were the GMs, how we'd fill out that roster with draft picks. That's on the next episode of Steelers standard. You can listen to any episode of Steelers standard on Steelers.com, or you can download and subscribe with Apple podcasts or Spotify for Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky. I'm Tom Opperman, and we will talk to you next time.